Hello, Lemonade Legend listeners. Uh, thank you for joining in today. We have a very special guest and special topic as we are navigating through the COVID-19 uh, crisis. I hate to use that word because it sounds so strong when I think we still have a lot of positivity around things that are going on. So what we're talking about today though is that with COVID-19, um, there are people who are, are suffering from the depression issues and panic thing, anxiety and, and whatnot. And uh, I know I do, I have issues. So I was talking to our very special guest the other day about this subject. We have Samantha Root online and she is a realtor extraordinaire, but she's also a phenomenal businesswoman and big giver of her heart. And she's really stepping in right now to help people um, to, to find the feel good in, in everything. So I invited her on today to kind of talk about that. So hi, Sam, how are you? I'm wonderful, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, so based on that, you know, the conversation we had a couple of days ago, just you and I talking, it was like the light bulb went off that we gotta talk about this. You know, it, it's an important subject. So you've actually had some people who are suffering from depression, like uh, for the first time and having no clue how to, to deal with it. And you're kind of stepping in and, and, uh, and, and working with them. So I don't know, I'm just gonna turn it over to you for, for right now um, as to, um, you know, what your back, background is in depression and, and what you see happening around you. Sure. So um, I am 37 years old. When I was nine years old, my stepdad, I call him dad. I also have a biological dad as well that he's still alive, but my stepdad was a really, really key component in my life. And he was an immigration attorney. You know, the best way I can describe it is just, he was a really strong man. And so when I saw him suffering through cancer, it was a year and a half battle you know, here you see this really strong person and then kind of dwindles to nothing. You know, it, sometimes it can be fast and sometimes it can be slow and his was. So I was eight years old, almost nine. And I just, my world flipped. You know, the, I tell people I had kind of this Barbie world white picket fence where, you know, my mom and dad made it a point to give me a great life. And so when he went away, when he passed away, dealing with those struggles, my mom, all our family lives in Mexico. And so my mom was really left behind. You have big funeral, right? And then you're left alone. And so it was really up to my mom and I to get through that funk. And my mom got really depressed. She wouldn't come out of the room. Uh, she just really struggled. You know, she, it was really hard on her. And so I started getting these emotions that I, I wasn't aware of, you know, I was so young and I didn't understand what was going on. And so Eventually, you know, when I was nine, I did get diagnosed with depression. As I got older, um, learning the diagnosis much better because I was able to see doctors and counselors. And it took a counselor telling me the type of depression you have is actually suicidal depression. So the depression that I have, it triggers anxiety, but my anxiety and my depression all correlate together. So, you know, I don't get real, um, I don't get neurotic when I have anxiety. <laughs> I, I'm very outgoing. I'm a very outspoken person. And so when my depression and my anxiety kick in, I get very quiet. So I do the opposite. And so I guess that, that's what I need to worry about you, right? It was when you yeah, get quiet. Yeah. I, I just, not to interrupt, but I just have to say 
you literally light up a room when you walk in. Yeah. You know, and so when I first learned that you battled depression and anxiety, I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You would never, you would never, I mean, look at this. My planner's neon pink. I'm out there. I'm loud. Um, not obnoxious, but I'm out there, you know, and I'm always encouraging people, motivating people. So it's, you would assume that I don't have those things, but yeah, when I, when I get my depression episodes, I get very quiet. I have a few girlfriends that know when I, when I'm not responsive, that I'm hiding under the rock and that's when they start forcing me to get out and they're like, they do the typical, if you don't answer me, I'm going to show up at the door. So I'll at least send a word or two. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, when, when I'm in that space, I get very quiet, but my mind, my mind starts thinking those dark thoughts, right? It starts, um, you know, it starts getting to that place where it's very calm that I have the thoughts. It's very, I don't know, it's not sad to me. It's, it's a neutral feeling. And so, and then when I'm not having my depression episodes, I'm completely fine, you know, but there, I think as you start getting depression and you and I were talking about this, I, it's been, um, I don't know. I don't even want to say that it's been interesting because it's not right now. We're in a season where a lot of people are being tested in ways that they've just never been tested within their life. You know, I have a nurse, one of my nurses, I mean, she is in her late sixties and she said, I asked her, you know, have you ever had something like this? And she said, in my lifetime, I've never experienced a quarantine. I've never, this to never to this magnitude, you know, you have like polio and other things going on, um, but nothing to this magnitude. And so even her, you know, I, she's strong. She's a strong woman. She's a nurse. She gets out there, but her children are nervous for her because here she is late sixties helping us patients, right? Um, her husband just lost his job on Friday and he's in his seventies. So he's not going to go be able to find another job. Yeah. Right. And, and he helps, um, patients that struggle with meth addiction. So then she's worried about the patients. You know, it's like such a triggering thing where she started crying in the office and she's apologizing to me. And I said, don't apologize. Like here, we're all, we're all in it. Right. So I think a lot of people are experiencing, uh, big deals that they haven't experienced before. I think people that have depression, this is a perfect environment for it to trigger and spiral out of control. I think that, you know, people that have never had an emotion this way. So that's where that depression starts stirring up and you didn't even realize that you have depression. Um, depression doesn't have to be something that you've had since nine years old, for example. Some people have short-term, right? Um, anxiety, people are having anxiety. People are having those suicidal thoughts. There's, I think it's very scary when you lose a job. Hey. I all of a sudden cannot provide for my family or myself. You know, I, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? It's easier. You know, sometimes your thought process when you go there, sometimes it's, it would be easier for them. You know, people get angry when someone um, passes away from suicide. I think a lot of the assumption is um, they're very selfish. And I'm like, no, if you research, they feel that they were doing you a favor they feel like they were too much of a burden because a lot of the time when you struggle with depression, you know, my husband and my kids, my parents, my, my friends, everyone around me, you know, they, they see it, you know? And so you have to, to know that people love you. You have to love that person differently. 
And right now, that's why it's so important to me that the community, we have to love each other different than what we've done in the past. You can't stay busy. You've got to stay present and use every, every opportunity, whether it's in person, text, a phone call, social media, because social media is such a big platform now, is to use every opportunity to, to say, I love you. I see you. You matter. You know, I'm here. It's critical. It's critical because you can, you can have your hair done and you can have your makeup done and you can, you can look all put together, but we're all a mess inside right now. Cause it's the uncertainty and we're all a bunch of control freaks. It's, <laughs> it's nature. You know, we are, we're all control. It's not, well, it's not a laughing matter, but I have to laugh because yeah. you know what, to some degree or another, yeah, we are all our kind of control freaks and, um, yeah, we're all a mess. Yeah. yeah we, we, and we have to learn to let it go. Um, yeah. that, I know that's been a lot of my process. So I'm seeing this as two things right now. You've got mm -hmm. your people who are experiencing depression, either mm -hmm. for the first time or they're slipping down, you know, yeah. and we've got individuals who don't understand depression, you know, yeah. who are not affected by it, but they need to yeah. understand what it's all about yeah. and how, as you were saying, how to love differently. Um, so I, I think that's really what I'm, I wanted to get at is let's talk about what we can do for each mm -hmm. other. Let's take it a little bit more. Yeah, social media is great. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think some people need to understand about depression? Um, you know, when people who haven't experienced it, who don't know what's going on. I think that when you have not experienced, because depression, it's extreme. It, you you can't see light. It affects your body. You physically feel like your bones are hurting. You physically, like my thing, one of my biggest ones, how I know is I yawn a lot. I get real mm -hmm. tired. So I start yawning and I can't stop yawning. That's when I know, like even this morning, early this morning, I was telling you, like my anxiety and stuff was stirring up a little bit. So I started yawning and now I'm like, oh God, here I go. I'm <laughs> feeling it. Right. So whatever it is, what it is, but I recognize I think when you don't experience um, something this way, you assume just snap out of it, snap out of it, snap out of it, get over it, keep going, keep moving. And I'm like, okay, but when your body is slugging behind you, you know, your mind is left behind and you can't quite keep up the pace. Uh, you're just making it worse when you, the worst thing you could do, it's like when you're telling a pregnant woman that's having a baby, breathe and relax. I'm going to smack you, right? I'm going to smack you. Don't tell me to calm down. The same thing with this one. Don't tell me to snap out of it. Don't call someone crazy. Don't call them mentally unstable. That's, you know, even my husband, Patrick, one thing we've really worked on, because I told him, you've got to stop telling me I'm crazy. Got to stop telling me I'm mentally unstable because it affects me. It affects me. It messes with my brain. It makes me feel like I truly am crazy. It makes me question my logic. And here I'm a very smart person. I have, I'm a wife. I'm, I've got kids. I've got businesses. So you just have to be more understanding. You've got to be very careful before you speak. Um, yeah. Research, research. If you if you're ignorant to the topic, I would say you can remain ignorant to the topic, or you can research it with Google. Just asking people, you know, ask that person, like, what can I do to make you feel better? Because everybody's depression and everyone's anxiety is different. And so sometimes they might just need a hug. 
or sometimes that they just might need you to go grab them a Starbucks so that they can have a quiet moment to themselves. You know, it, or it could be, Hey, I need to go see medical attention. I need help getting to the doctor. Cause I just, I know I'm in a dark place and I need to, you know, don't make them feel bad that they've got a psychiatrist or a counselor. It's encouraging them that, Hey, I'm going to help get you where you need to go um, to, to make it better because yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a real, it's a real thing. And you never know if you're going to get it. Like I said, it's some people don't have it long-term. Some people will have it just for the season. Some people might have it for a week. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a complex and a disease. It just, and yeah. um, again, I, I, I deal with it. I, I was one of those people that went in and out without medication sure. most of my adult life, you know, I just managed it. And then I went through, um, pretty devastating job loss and boy it just tanked me as far as I could go and from there I did need to seek out help and because depending on where you're at you may be suffering from something that's truly physical and chemical within your body or you may be dealing with the more psychological side of it or you may be dealing with both right (laughs) and which is one reason why you know seeking medical help is is so important because then they can help to identify it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so so I know exactly what you're talking about. I wish I could go back to that place where I could just manage it on my own. But I think my body is just so happy now mm-hmm. because I found you know workable medication schedule, no side effects. I you know I manage it, and so I'm a real proponent for that. But there are the people who are like, no, I don't I don't want to yeah. go to medication route, and you know, and there are other things. Yeah. I'm making a note here too, to bring something up through that, what you're talking about. The, so Taylor, so my oldest son will be 20 in July. And when I, cause I was on antidepressants um, and you know, anytime that you're going to get on medication. So a, you're going to need a psychiatrist. Um, make sure you find a really great one. Make sure it's like Andrea is my gal and she knows my personality. So she's awesome we're, we're great combination. She's been mine for seven years now. And so when I had Taylor, when I found out I was pregnant, cause I found out when I was almost five months pregnant. So there was a few months where I didn't know. So I was on my, um, my antidepressant, uh, me- medication. So with Taylor though, when I found out I got off of it because I felt like I shouldn't be on this medication, I need to just tough it out. Right. And so I had Taylor, I got postpartum depression when he was about eight months old, six to eight months old. And it went really bad from the time I told my mom that day. And by the time she got me to the doctor's office, I was in such a dark, I I had tailspin completely out of control. Like I was hysteric and it was just a hot mess. So, and they were able to calm me down. And then I just stayed with my mom for a little while. So it it gets big, right? But then I worked out all the time after I had him because I refused to get on medication for some reason. I had just, I didn't want to be a defective mom, you know? And so what I learned is when I had to get back onto my, I started with antidepressants, but you know, anybody that gets on this medic, you have to tell your psychiatrist what you're feeling. Because like what I found was antidepressants were actually doing me more harm. It was making me have those suicidal thoughts much more. So okay. they moved me to mood stabilizer that they use for like patients that have schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder, they were able to find that medication. And that one has done exactly what you said. It, it helps me stay balanced. It helps me 
feel like I'm not living in the clouds. Um, and so, you know, again, with Taylor, I had to extend myself grace that, Hey, you're not a loser and you're not any less, you know, I have this notepad. I've got this stationary line that's kind of become itself. I wasn't planning on it, but the, one of them says, I have depression, but I am successful, you know, and you need to remember, like I tell people I have depression. I'm very outspoken about it. The lemonade stand book. I talk about it, right? I've got no shame in it. Because I can tell you, I've been a CEO of a company that had well over 200 employees. I've had, I own a real estate company. I own this planner line now. I own a consulting company, five kids, dogs, a house, a nice car, a husband. You can have these things just because I have this thing. Because it's not me. My name's Sam, right? I I didn't introduce myself. Hey, Michelle, my name is Depression. (laughs) Nice to meet you. And I have suicidal thoughts from time to time. (laughs) No, you don't. But you learn to laugh about it because it is what it is. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Just talk about it. Well, but you also present it in a a very funny way, which I I think we need a little bit more. Like, you know, I think we need humor and almost everything (laughs) anymore. And um, I mean, it's the only way we get through, right? You know, might as well laugh about it. But um, I just lost my train of thought. I had so many things going on while you were talking, and then I started laughing, and whoop, it just went out. Anyway, um, oh, education and awareness. I think that's mm-hmm. where I wanted to go. It's, uh, it's that people don't really understand it, mm-hmm. and 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 that's one of the things that um, I'm doing and talking about and trying to get you know authors involved in yeah. book and 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 all these things because I do think. You know, I mean, I feel it in my family. Um, mm-hmm. I see it around me, and yeah. I know it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, just because you have depression does not mean it. In fact, I will tell you, I was talking to someone um, the other day, mm-hmm. and she suffers from PTSD. And okay. Had it when she was very, very young, and I made a statement of something about mental illness, and she piped in right away and said, "I don't think it's mental illness." And I said, "You know what?" I said, you're right. I think the phrase we need to be using is mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, put the positive spin on how do we how do we talk about and create environments and 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 support each other to have good mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think mental illness that is like the schizophrenia, like the really you know yeah. more maybe more off the wall. But anyways, take the stigma off of it and uh, know that it happens. It happens to people all the yeah. time. Well, or even just be, you know, I don't know, you've had the opportunity to, to get to know me on a personal level. And this is what I would say, cause I don't even want to name it mental health. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything like that. Like just for me personally, it's, I lead by example. I'm all screwed up. Like if you see my life, if you came to my house, I always warn people it's a circus. So it's survival of the fittest, but we will make you the best meal and you are welcome to stay as long as you'd like. Right. We're a hot mess though. I think the more that, the more that just human beings are willing to just admit that you're a hot mess, because we're all a hot mess and anyone that says they aren't in my book, they're lying. You're, you're not Instagram all the time with a filter. You're just not. And so if you're just a hot mess, because when you, even you and I, right, when we, we went to go have coffee together at Mimi's we got to be ourselves. We got to be hot messes together. And then the second was like, oh my 
God, I love this hot mess. Okay, yeah, we have to do this again. And we have to do this again. But you talk about things that way, yeah. right? Because it's not always just, let me talk about my depression and my anxiety. But when you know that someone is willing to first lead by example that they're the mess first, you're going to want to share. And it's not just about what's going on through your mind. It's just in general. It's, and in, because the more that you can, the more that you find those people, the more that you get to be your authentic self. And, and then it doesn't matter because what happens in my opinion is you start kind of, it, it trickles to where then I call them the cool kids. Like all the people that are perfectly imperfect and screwed up. Yeah. Those are cool kids to me. Like I only work with cool kid clients because they all understand the people I network and associate with. Because if you don't, if you don't understand it that way, if you're not willing to look like this, because today I'm, you know, watching the toddler and getting stuff done, then, then you don't need it. And I think that exposes, because if someone is not open yet, that they do need medication, right? Because a lot of people think if I'm on medication, it really means I'm crazy. Yeah. That's the line of being crazy. And so it's a matter of, you know, creating an environment where they feel comfortable to where, and then you've also earned the right so that if you see that they may need that, that you could actually give them the referral to your psychiatrist that you have or the, the counselor or, you know, just guide them because then they feel safe with you. It's all about feeling safe. I feel like you and I should create the cool kids hot mess club. <laughs> Because we are, we are a hot mess. We're cool kids, but we're a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah. the world is big. If you don't like it, you're not going to like me. You just won't. And I don't care anymore. I used to care. I used to yeah. care a whole bunch. Yeah. And now I just, I don't because, you know, and I use the example like business because business is supposed to be like a lot of people say business is business and then personal is personal. You know this about me. Uh, the way I am built I don't know the difference. It's like, I'm the dog with the bone and I just hold it in the middle because both sides are attached. And because of that, my clients know what I struggle with. I talk about it. Yeah. You know, um, I don't hide. That's what I love about you, Sam, is that you are so open about it. And yeah, when we go back to that first meeting of of really getting to know each other, we were all over the place with, with truthfulness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel bad for the people who are sitting near us. Like, oh my gosh, what are they thinking? <laughs> well, you know, but it doesn't it, matter. <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't even matter. And it, you know, it's, um, I don't know because of it, just because of where I've been, you know, I, I understand that people are scared. They're worried. Well, what will somebody say? Will I lose my job? Will I, whatever. Well, you know, when I did lose my job, um, it was a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, really well. I mean, you, you know what it feels. Yeah. Yeah. You went from money to zero. Oh, and yeah. I, when I went from money to zero, it, it, when I was fired, I, I actually thought that that was the worst thing in the world that could have happened to me. I really did. And so then that plunged me into the depression because all of a sudden the yeah. worst thing in the world that could happen to me just happened. Well, it's a funeral. It's a yeah, funeral. It, it is. is. But then, because at the time I couldn't see past that. Yeah. And so, you know, here, look at me now. I've got my yeah. stuff for the lemonade stand behind me and all this stuff that I'm so passionate about that I, you know, I wouldn't have found yeah. um, if all that didn't happen. Um, but I do think people do have that, that it's like, oh my God, what if I lose my job? So yeah. 
we only have a few minutes left. Let's take it back to the now. I know you said you actually went in and and talked to somebody, a friend or associate. I'm not sure who it is, but somebody who just literally had not been able to get out of bed yeah. since all this COVID-19 has mm-hmm. happened. So talk a little bit about that and really what anybody listening right now who may be feeling things they haven't experienced. Sure feeling right now? So um, it actually is somebody that I really admire. Um, We met through real estate. So it's a real estate broker out here in Arizona. And we just got together. So their office is close enough by where when I drive by, I'm always like, oh, I see you working. So we're the crazy ones working in all this storm, right? And I have, he was like, hey, stop by afterwards. So I did, I stopped by and, you know, I, I see him as a strong person, very successful. Like he's the next level up, a few levels up from where I'm at in my business. And so we got to talking and he's always smiling. He always has his stuff put together and through just our dialogue, right? Of how things were going or whatever. And he's like, I just need to be honest with you. Like I've really been struggling. And so, you know, having a hard time getting out of bed and just had no, had lost the drive for the first, you know, couple days. And by the third day, his wife was just kind of like, hey, listen, what's going on? Like getting worried. So we started having a conversation and I told him, he's like, you know, how are you staying so upbeat? Cause I get calls from my agents and just everything. It's a lot happening at him. Right. And okay. I have this building and all these logical steps that are financial burdens because your employees are financial burden from a sense that their livelihood depends on what you guys do. So I just told him, you know, I was, I was honest. And I said, because I refuse to let my depression get me under the covers right now. I just refuse. I refuse. I'm going to do the best of my ability to where I just refuse. I'm not, I'm not going down there. Um, I said, and so what I told my brain, I said, I am completely okay living in the bubble, the denial bubble. I'm in the denial bubble and I don't even care what anybody tells me. It's the denial bubble. And I told myself, okay, I'm going to be in this denial bubble for three to four weeks. That's what I'm going to do. If I end up having to change that, great. But for the time being, I need three to four weeks because three to four weeks sounds much more manageable than indefinite and the uncertain and the unknown because that will trigger me. So for now, I said, I just, I'm going to stay in this bubble. And as far as I'm concerned, I lead by example. And so in my opinion, people are going to still buy stationary. They still need notepads. In fact, I ordered some last week. Um, But they're also, they need houses, they need to buy and they need to sell homes. And yes, it is the right time. And these are the advantages. You're going to have less competition than what we would have had when people were, you know, up and going. And so I really tried to help him shift his perspective on if you stay in the denial bubble and you continue driving forward. And even now, like you and I talked about it, I'm really encouraging people. So part of like, I've been trying to coach just the community, like help businesses right now, um, just create their strategic plan. And I've talked to you about this, your network table and the body of the spider. And so I'm really encouraging people. This is the time invest in the things you've never been able to invest in because you were too busy and it's going to keep you busy. Get involved in your neighborhood or your community. Like we started in my house, we have a community pantry now. So like I literally have two packages of wipes outside and some masks for a nurse. Like we've been dropping off. People have been delivering here. I get them ready. It keeps my depression away. It keeps me having a purpose bigger than myself so that my racing thoughts don't get the best of me. It's 
Um, and you're doing good. You know, we made it on, we dropped off some flyers for people that are struggling with, um, you know, if they're disabled, if they're not, if they're ill, if they're not able to go to the grocery store or pick up prescriptions, we put our phone numbers and we'll coordinate for them to get what they need. And we made it on the Peoria um, government page. But they said, this is what we're talking about when we say, you know, in it together. This is what, this is the example and it had our flyer. And so just right away, I posted on there, you know, hey guys, anybody that's in a neighborhood, if you guys want the flyer, I made it, give me your phone numbers and we'll make you your copies and give them to you so you can pass them around. It's keeps me busy. It keeps me, I don't even want to say it keeps me happy, but it does keep me filled with joy because now all of a sudden I don't feel like I'm a screwed up person. I'm like, oh my God, this is right in my element because a lot of people that struggle with that depression or anxiety, uh, OCD, all these things, right? Under the umbrella, we try to give the world so much love because you feel deep and dark inside. So you want other people to smile. You want other people inspired. And this is a perfect season to shine and shine as bright as you can, but you've also got to shine bright and say, oh my God, I am so screwed up. I have depression and I have all these things. So if you need to talk about a neighbor, I'm here, text me or, you know, again, I see you, I love you, you know, what do you need? How can I, how can I serve you right now? So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know? Great, great advice and uh, conversation. And you do lead by excellent example, um, which is why you're here. Um, and I'm sure that you won't mind if I post your phone number uh, oh, no, please for do. anybody, because I know that you're always out there to help where you can. Yeah. And you give such great perspective. Um, yeah, and, uh, put, like, if you don't mind, Michelle, put my, um, the Facebook, you can do my like personal page. Okay. Um, on there, it's anybody can, can join my, my personal one. It's wide open, but that way too, cause you, you know, I put some videos or just post so that if they're not, okay. if you're not comfortable enough to reach out yet, at least I hope my post would inspire you to make you feel like you're not alone or, you know, if you need to learn more about um, if someone that you do love is struggling with these things, I'm happy. I've got resources and stuff too. So, I'll, you know, do the best we can to help them. I will do that. Uh, and I love that you offer that. So much appreciated. Yep. So it's all about the positive. Let's put the lemonade out there and get rid yeah. of this bitter awful lemon that's falling into our life right now um but yeah you know what i have seen i have seen the best of people come out right now yeah. and that's a pretty cool thing yeah so um so let's just uh just live in community and live in love that's and right. uh and all support each other so sam i can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes to view with us and with that i thank uh, all of my listeners and uh, and viewers and uh, feel free to jump in on uh, Sam's Facebook page, um, learn, um, you know, give. You can and if do you it. need a kick in the butt, I told Michelle, if you need a kick in the butt to remind <laughs> you not to get under those covers, tell me. I'm happy to do the kick in the butt. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm really tired because that's what depression yeah. does for me. I'm really tired and I'm thinking I just want to go take a nap. <laughs> no. Can't let it happen. Can't let it happen. Okay. Nope. All right. So with that, we're going to do our dance. Yeah. Enjoy life. Goodbye, everyone. Until next time. Thanks again, Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Love you guys. Bye.